This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome indeed, uh, ladies and gentlemen, to your Wednesday Rush Hour here on WABC. If you'd like to be part of the program, all you have to do, give us a call, 800-848-WABC is that number, 800-848-9222. And of course, there's a lot to discuss. I think many of you would be surprised the number of education stories there are floating out there in the news today. There's also various news from many quarters including a story from American Wire News that I just had to shake my head at. We put it on the uh, news blast that we send out twice a day, the Daily BS, $22 million million Korean War Memorial in D.C. We spent $22 million on a memorial, $22 million, million. Think of what you could do with $22 million. And that war memorial left off 400, 400 American soldiers who gave their lives during the Korean conflict. It also has over a thousand, 1,000 spelling errors. They list 20, 245 veterans who didn't even die in the war. So they wrongly said that uh, they they cited 245 veterans that weren't even killed in the Korean War, on the Korean War Memorial. They misspelled, had a a misspelling, over a thousand misspellings, and they left off 400 people, servicemen, who paid the ultimate sacrifice to America. And for this, taxpayers shelled out $22 million. It's on the National Mall. Your government at work, a national disgrace. Naomi Wolf, Dr. Naomi Wolf will join us today on today's program. Now, Dr. Wolf, years ago, I don't think she would have come on any program like this. And I'm glad she's here, by the way. She's now called by the left a conspiracy theorist. But you might remember that she was a political advisor to Bill Clinton, to Al Gore. Well-known author, End of America, Vagina, a new biography, among her works. She is by all accounts, politically a leftist. But 
Now the leftists, the, a lot of the leftists want to, why? Call her a conspiracy theorist. Why? You ask, why? Well, they accuse her of spreading misinformation about COVID. Isn't that convenient? Anyone that doesn't tell the, well, we'll talk to her about that. Florida has made a bold move when it comes to schools. The Florida college system presidents today said they are not going to use any state funds to support quote-unquote diversity, equity, or inclusion or critical race theory on campus. That is according to the Florida Voice. The president's confirmed in a collective letter that none of the system's 28 institutions will use state money to fund or support any institutional practice policy or academic requirement that compels belief in critical race theory or related concepts such as intersectionality or the idea that systems of oppression should be the primary lens through which teaching and learning are analyzed and or improved upon. This is the leadership of Ron DeSantis at work. In Florida, you can send your kids apparently to college and not have to worry about. Now, look, we all know that in spite of this, many of the professors will seek to indoctrinate children. But at least the state is not sanctioning it. In Ohio, parents are suing several of them. A school district there that allows teachers to have intimate and private conversations with students as young as six years old about their sexual behavior. Sexual behavior at six years old? I mean, do you remember what? Never mind. Six years old. And some of these teachers and school administrators apparently have been having conversations with students as young as six about sexuality. And then, according to a lawsuit that was filed earlier this week, keeping those conversations secret from the parents. The lawsuit is also asking the court to order teachers to stop wearing LGBTQ ally badges that the teachers union has provided. They have a QR code on those badges that link to quote unquote adult resources on coming out and on sexual education. Yet these are people who, if you use the word grooming, would be terribly, terribly upset with you. Another story from American Wire News today. Reports find the school board becoming school boards around the country are becoming increasingly restrictive, restrictive of parents' right to speak. Parents, and a lot of this is due to COVID. Parents, when when kids were home with their parents and parents could actually see what was going on. And I'm like, whoa, what do you mean this is part of your schoolwork? Concerned parents who show up at school board meetings are increasingly facing a new obstacle. 
They don't want parents to speak. There's one video that I saw where, and this is one of the places that was mentioned, one of the, the, the locations in this article, where the school board simply adjourned. They just decided to, heck, parents, one guy, a parent, a state senator, started complaining about their transgender policy. They just adjourned the meeting. They're like, we're not going to let you talk. Forget it. And they, they also had a rule at this school board meeting that you couldn't badmouth any of the board members in person, which violated a Supreme Court decision years ago, decades ago. And they, it happened to be a state senator, and he pointed out to them, you're in violation of the Supreme Court with this rule of yours that we're not allowed to talk about you, individual members of the school board. Well, they are becoming more defensive, and in many cases, New Report says they're not allowing parents to actually participate and speak their minds at some of these school board meetings. We talked to you yesterday, with you yesterday, about what's going on in Arizona, this new governor there, Katie Hobbs, wants to get rid of school choice in Arizona. Arizona has one of the most successful school choice programs in the country. She can't stand it. First, one of the first things she wants to do is get rid of it. They want to put all the minority kids and every other child that uses the freedom of choice to get out of bad schools. They want to kick that back to the curb and force these children back into government failing schools to protect teachers unions. That's what this is all about. Well, some of what it's all about. About 150 members of Education for All, a group of parents backing the school choice program out there, have protested Katie Hobbs' plan to end the program. And one of the things that they're saying, too, is that this will cripple children. Absolutely right. What she wants to do is take away the ability for children in her state to prosper and to get a quality education. Parents are not just going to sit by idly, in fact, and let this happen. There are, again, so many stories about gender and sexuality here. It's almost as if it's taking over the political landscape. Maybe we'll delve into a few of them later. Meanwhile, in Davos, the annual uh, meeting of the very, very, very elite and wealthy over in Davos, Davos, Switzerland is underway. And you'll see a little bit of everything. There are attacks on, on the companies that use cobalt for electric cars. There's a big story in BizPack Review about that one today. There's also a story about the price of labor, some labor in Davos. Apparently, the cost of sex workers has gone up now that all of the elite are in Davos and to rent the services of a, how shall we say it nicely, a woman who wants to help men achieve a happy ending to their work 
The price is now over $2,000 per, uh, how, per interaction. So men who want to interact while they're in Davos, Switzerland, with one of the ladies who will help them achieve their happy ending, it's going to cost you two grand, over two grand to pop. Inflation, and they're not blaming that inflation on Joe Biden either. Not like the rest of us here anyway. As I said, Naomi Wolf will join us. We will speak with her shortly. And anything else you want to talk about is fair game today. We are here, 800-848-WABC is the number, 800-848-9222. Kathy Hochul, by the way, has not answered Mayor Adams. He keeps asking her and asking anybody in the feds, hey, we need more money for all these illegal immigrants. We can't afford anymore. We're at wit's end here. And she, Miss Hochul, dictator of New York, has not answered him to say, yeah, we're going to open the purse strings for you, Mayor. So far, nothing but crickets from Hochul to Adams. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back right after this. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Tempting Temptations bring us back here on WABZ Talk Radio 77. The original Temptations with David Ruffin, who would have been 82 years old today. David Ruffin passed away at age 50. That was back in 1991. And also today, Pink Floyd's album, The Wall, hit number one on the charts. The World Economic Forum at Davos, we mentioned this. You know who's there? That governor from, uh, that wretched governor from uh, Michigan. And there are all sorts of Democrats. I mean, they flock to this thing. And the world's elite. This is one of the biggest parties of liberal, socialist, progressives in the world. Gets a lot of coverage every year. Well, during one of the panel discussions today, there was talk of how to stop disinformation. No, not real disinformation. What they call disinformation from the so-called right wing. Richard Edelman, the CEO of the global communications firm Edelman, was one of the participants on this panel. He says that one of the sadnesses that he's experienced over the past few years has been the deterioration of trust in non-governmental organizations. And he blames that on the quote-unquote right wing. He says his hypothesis is that right-wing groups have done a really good job of disenfranchising NGOs. They've challenged funding sources. They've associated you, meaning you people that are in NGOs, they've associated you with Bill Gates and George Soros. 
they've said that you were your world people as opposed to what you actually are, which is local. He suggests issues like COVID-19, climate change, so-called racial equity would best be handled by NGOs, but he lamented that most people don't trust these organizations anymore because of the rhetoric of the right. And he says it's imperative that these NGOs, these non-governmental organizations, fight back. You guys are great at punching, but terrible at taking a punch. You have to learn two things. He said one is to preempt. When they're going to punch you, you've got to know they're going to punch you and say, why are they punching us? The other is when they hit you and they're inaccurate, hit back. Don't take it. And then he turned on to these ESG goals, these environmental, social, and governance goals. He says that the companies that focus on this stuff, these woke issues, these are the same groups also that are being attacked by the right wing. Well, what he's saying, look, let me give you a perfect example of of some of the work NGOs doing. If you want to know why, we have such a flood of illegal immigrants into the United States. How does it happen? How does it happen? Who organizes all of these millions? And that's what it is, folks. Millions of people now coming across the border. How are they funded? Well, one of the sources that is funding them are some of the NGOs that work with the United Nations. And in our own federal budget, you can find all sorts of money that goes from left-wing Democrats, because they're the ones that put these budget items in, to these quote-unquote non-governmental organizations. They are basically arms of Democrats and arms of liberals. And yeah, the right wing had better do a better job of, of uncovering who these people are in these groups and the agendas that they're spreading. I see nothing wrong with it. In fact, we should do more. Make Mr. Edelman really unhappy. Uncover all of them and what they do and expose their sources for funding. Darn right. Because we are trying to disenfranchise them. Disenfranchise them from taking taxpayer money and using that money in many cases to... to to infiltrate American societies by spreading liberal agendas. And yes, we need to uncover their sources of funding and deny them the funding. The Democrats have this, this is why this, this vote over this debt ceiling thing just, again, they're railing against that in the Washington Post today. All the Republicans are, are, trying to stop us from paying our bills. No, they're not. What they were trying to do is actually bring some accountability to the massive amount of funding, money, that we don't even have that is being spent by this government. And yeah, this comes up at Davos. This is these liberals get together, they fly in on their private jets. It's the jet, private jet and limousine crowd over there all talking about how to use your money, taxpayer money, to fund their objectives. So absolutely, the right wing, the dreaded right wing, we ought to be doing more. 
to stop these NGOs cold. And at the same time, if we can't stop them cold, one of the things I would suggest is that we actually start investigating how some of the NGOs, since the money is there, how we can get right-wing groups to form NGOs to combat what some of these people are doing. Yeah, but this is a big deal. These NGOs are doing more harm than good in so many different areas. And Republicans, well, they're just not as well organized as these people. That's the sad truth of it. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. Take a break. We're coming back in a minute. Naomi Wolf is going to join us in your telephone calls on our Wednesday rush hour here on WABC 848-WABC-848-9222. And give us a call. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. James Golden Snurdly with you. Yes, right. Today's the anniversary of Pink Floyd's The Wall hitting number one on the charts with us. And we are very pleased to have Dr. Naomi Wolf with us. How are you, Dr. Wolf? Uh, I'm good. And what an honor and delight to be speaking with you. I appreciate it. Well, you know, I really appreciate it. We're in such a polarized world these days. And I just have to tell you that although you and I probably have many disagreements politically, I've always respected you as an intellectual giant. And you are. Your body of works is just incredible. I am distressed, Dr. Wolf, that these days so many people are labeling you a conspiracy theorist because you dare speak out on, especially on the subject of you spoke out about the COVID lockdowns, you spoke up about the vaccines, and for that, your reward is getting suspended and, uh, from Twitter. They, posed, they suspended your account. And now we're learning exactly who was behind all these suspensions. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's pretty sad. It's pretty sad what is happening to free speech in this country. Well, I, I do agree with you. Um, may I call you Bo? Of course. Thank you. Please call me Naomi. I do agree with you um, of all of the horrible uh stories of this very sad time in American history, the death of free speech and the intimidation of open discussion is is probably the most damaging because, you know, our founders put the First Amendment first because every other right and, and privilege of liberty that we have depends on our being able to speak openly to each other. Um, and yeah, I don't like, I don't care personally that I'm being smeared if the you know, the alternative is to keep silent and and watch as, um, you know, children and elderly people and pregnant women are being injured and damaged and, and our, our, our institutions are being kind of taken over by people who are not accountable to us and, and are not transparent with us. It's more important to tell the truth and, and save lives. But I guess the thing I would say about your, your introductory comments is what's really heartbreaking is that I'm being called a conspiracy theorist for engaging in journalism, just like I have for 35 years. And uh, it, it's really scary that, um, you know, for people just asking questions about what's in these injections or you know, why are we locking people down now when we've had many more serious waves of illness and never suspended freedoms to assemble, um, you know, in, in, in most of the country um, or, or 
you know, why should pregnant women uh, put something in their bodies that no one will be answerable for that have never had completed trials? Um, those are very basic questions in a democracy or even questions like, you know, let's count the vote or, you know, let's make sure that what we're being told happened by our uh, our institutions really happened. Um you know, now that's being uh, almost criminalized or, or at least people have to pay terrible consequences. It is it is a, much more like a closed society right now than an open society. And that is really scary. When I uh, started looking at what we were being told by our government about covid mm-hmm. and what was available if you went to other sources, I was stunned by the differences. And then I got COVID. I nearly died from it. And thank God I did not go into a hospital. I had a frontline doctor. And Mm -hmm. my frontline doctor prescribed me a medicine that had been ridiculed after um, it didn't. Ivermectin made me horribly nauseous. So she took me Mm -hmm. off that. Mm -hmm. And then she put me on hydroxychloroquine. And within Mm -hmm. a few hours of taking hydroxychloroquine, Everything changed for me, and I was on the upswing. And I tell you, I was near death. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, so, if you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Go ahead. No. Good. No. Go ahead. Thank you. I was just going to say, if you had gone into a hospital, um, the protocols are are literally murderous. I mean, between ventilation and remdesivir. Um, you know, I'm not a medical doctor, but so many people have died unnecessarily because of um, of, of of treatments, you know, treatment protocols that that clearly are more murderous um, than, than not. And, and, you know, it's so shocking that medications like the ones you took that clearly save lives have been, you know, criminalized and kept out of people's hands. Yeah, go ahead. So then I started looking at it further. Number one, I had talked to people in the intelligence community about the sources of, of COVID-19. And you're, you are a journalist, as you said, and you are extremely well-educated. You look, you, to me, there's, it's impeccable. You're one of the most brilliant thinkers that this country has produced, right? <laughs> when you look at COVID, let's, do we know, has the American public been told the truth about the origins of COVID-19? Huh. Well, no. <laughs> um, one thing that, that uh, I mean, remember when the questions about the lab leak and people yes. saying, wait, did it really get transmitted by a bat in a wet market? Those were labeled conspiracy theories, right? Anything, and I hope people are seeing through this tactic by now, you know, anything that goes against uh, the agenda-laden narrative or raises questions about it is called wacky. Um, but in fact, the People's Liberation Army is in that facility, and all science in China is overseen by the Chinese Communist Party, there's no such thing as non-weaponized, non-national security oriented, you know, science or, or medicine in, in China. So um, I don't know, uh, you know, whether the lab, lab leak of this virus was intentional or not. But um, I do know that there wasn't a transparent investigation and sending Peter Dajak to be the one investigating. Um, And, you know, now we know from emails that got uh, disclosed through a FOIA that Dr. Fauci and Francis Collins were were aligning to smear um, critics of uh, of lockdowns, for instance, or to even smear and derail questions about about the the virus originating from from Wuhan. But I I don't know the answer to that. But I do know that 
um, and I, I point this out in the bodies of others, my book, that the, there was high-level coordination from the very start to manage the uh, pandemic in a way that suited big tech and suited entities like the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization and that suited uh, nonprofits like Bill Gates and as well as heads of state. And I, I trace all of this in my book. But the bottom line is they wanted to remake our world and they've largely succeeded. I mean, thank God there's a resistance. But they wanted to create a world in which tech was in charge of us. You know, all the tech companies that benefited from lockdowns, ranging from Amazon to uh, Nintendo to Zoom, you know, they're all up 20 to 23 percent net revenue, whereas mom and pop shops, um, you know, small businesses, small landlords, uh, they've had to close their doors. There's been a massive transfer of wealth. And also, you know, the, the rise of the surveillance state, you know, the push for vaccine passports, which was successful in many parts of the world. We fought really hard against them in the United States. That's, you know, that was part of the a clearly orchestrated plan to create a kind of 360-degree CCP-style social credit score. And they're still trying to push that through with, you know, biometrics and um, and and harvesting our data every opportunity. I mean, that they're not done. You know, they're moving on to climate change as a way to, which I believe in, of course, as a way to kind of monitor and surveil us. But their goal is a world, you know, it's a war on humanity and it's a war on the next generation. It's a war on the family and it's it's literally a war on the things that that give human beings empowerment and one of them is obviously liberty um freedom of speech and freedom of assembly i i do want to say one more thing in my brief time with you which is that people should know you know when they're trying to assess are they being lied to i'm privileged to oversee a project of 3,500 experts ranging from physicians and RNs to biostatisticians, medical fraud investigators, um, clinicians, research scientists, and they 3,500 of them are, are going through the 55,000 documents that Pfizer had to release under court order and that the FDA tried to keep hidden for 75 years. In, and, and they've produced 50 reports that are easy to read. And these we've released these in an ebook on our website at dailyclout.io. And I bring this up because the, the crimes against human beings that, are, that the FDA knew about, the White House knew about, Pfizer knew about, that are documented in this book are, are shocking and stunning and just very, you know, very briefly, you know, it's a massive attack on human reproduction um, because Pfizer knew that these injections would harm everything from um, men's uh, men's testosterone levels to the motility of sperm to uh, women's ovaries, disrupt their menstrual cycles, um, uh, destabilize the placenta and um, poison breast milk. I mean, I'm sorry to be so truncated, but that is the bottom line. And also they covered up, you know, mass murder. 1,200 deaths, 61 deaths from stroke, half of the strokes within 48 hours after the injection, five people dead of liver damage, half of those liver events after, you know, 24 to 48 hours after the injection, 35 teens, you know, injured with heart damage a week after the injection, um, and they kept it quiet, you know, while there was a big push to inject teens, and on and on and on, a massive attack on humanity, again, especially on the West disproportionately, um, and and, and literally the attack goes into 
to um, affecting babies that are not yet born and, and, and uh, rising, well, up to 20% drops in live births around the world right now, and we know why. So all of this is detailed in, in this ebook, and, and, you know, it, with the very sources, the very primary sources that Pfizer sought to keep hidden, uh, that you can click right through and see for yourself. So, uh, you know, this is honestly the worst thing that's happened to humanity since World War II, and, and people really do need to see it. I call this the worst crisis, the worst scandal in human history because of the sheer number of people that it's affected. I, we're out of time for right now. I didn't even get a chance to talk to you about this new rising uh, uh, thing called sudden death, suddenly yeah. died, which is right. uh, happening all over the world to people in younger demographics that are healthy. And it has spiked uh, the rates of, of, of deaths. It is, there is clearly something going on in our societies that needs to be discussed. And again, I'm very careful. I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying there's a causation here. But all of a sudden, when you have young athletes dying all over the world and you have young people that, quote unquote, suddenly die, then we ought to be asking ourselves, why is this happening? Of course. And just to, before I, I I let you go, I just want to say in the SEC filing in 2021, uh, Pfizer-BioNTech told the SEC that collapsing so hard you can hurt yourself is a side effect of the injection. But they didn't tell us, right? And that's exactly what you're seeing around the world. People dropping dead, collapsing, and we know the mechanism now. We understand it. Um, that the number of blood clots in the Pfizer documents, uh, strokes, hemorrhages, is astronomical off the charts. We, we know what's happening. It's these mRNA injections. I'm not a medical doctor, but, you know, we have, we have the mechanism. We have the cause. We have the effect. And the fact that this is not front page news around the world is a scandal. And we do have to act like human beings and stand up for human beings and say, we're not going to let our young people, our elders, our children, unborn babies, pregnant women, you know, get, get destroyed by this thing. We're going to speak up for the human race. Naomi Wolf, you are an amazing human being. I hope this is the first of many conversations that you and I have. I want to do a longer uh, a podcast with you if we can both make time to do it where we can spell this out in detail and in I, depth I, for as long as it takes. Yeah, I would love that. It's so important and I appreciate you giving me the chance. I'd love to talk to you at greater length whenever you can. Thank you. Let's do that. Thank Naomi you. Wolf, ladies and gentlemen, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back. Your call's coming up on WABC right after this. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Cool. And the game bring us back on WABC Talk Radio 77. Do you want to get down? I want to get down. Get down on it. On WABC, let's head to the telephones. We're going to try to take as many telephone calls as we can. So please just keep it short, right to your point. Let's start with Norman in Brooklyn. Norman, how are you? 
Good. Thank you, James. Listen, I just want to thank thank you for having Dr. Wolf on. Uh, I myself have been damaged by uh, taking the vaccine. It caused it caused me a tremor condition, which I have to this day. And I uh, everything else has been ruled out. It all began the, literally the day after I took the J&J vaccine, which wasn't actually an RNA uh, vaccine. It was a DNA vaccine, but they've since pulled it because of a lot of health effects from it. Uh, side effects. And anyway, um, it changed me into a anti-mandate activist. And uh, I think everything Dr. Wolf said about this crazy new world order. Now, I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I think everything she said, unfortunately, is true. And it's uh, it bears its fruit in, in Davos with the uh, World Economic Forum and Mr. Klaus Schwab. So, um it's, uh... Well, I'll tell you what, this idea that people who actually raise questions now being called conspiracy theorists, they know how to smear us, you know, and this has been going on from the left, election deniers, climate change deniers, and now if you're in vaccine, you're a vaccine person. Look, I took a vaccine, just like you, I took a vaccine. So I'm not saying to people, and I'm not saying that people shouldn't either. I think people should do their own research. I've always said that. Make your own decisions. That's what freedom is about. Okay, but the idea that when people try to report on what has happened to other people, that they're being shut down, suspended off of uh, social media platforms and called kooks and nuts for merely saying this is what happened is scary and it's chilling. Norman, I hope your condition improves. Thank you for the call. We hope to talk with you again. Anne in Staten Island, you're up next. Right to your point. Anne, how are you this afternoon? I'm fine, though. Listen, I know that, and I, I agree with you. I've spoken to you about the vaccines before, but they talk about the young people and the sudden deaths. But the, the one thing that's overlooked is that elderly people are prone normally, normally to blood clots, you know, without a vaccine, just that's part of aging. And yet, who are they promoting to get the vaccine? People over 60, or you know, so, you know, it so doesn't make sense. So the young people are getting killed. The older people can get killed. You know, that's my point. Thank you, Anne. You made your point very well. Let us go to Margaret in Ardsley, New York. Margaret, thank you for waiting. Oh, thank you, Bo. I, um, I was just thinking about the question you had asked earlier in the week regarding what, you know, our outlooks are, what my outlook would be for this country. And I have to say that I've had a lot of fear. I've had a lot of anger at the media, at the, you know, the, the regular news. But um, Princess Di brought up a very good point quite a while ago that, uh, you know, our our future is in our higher power. And That's right. that, um, that really has given me a lot of strength. And um, I was just privileged to remember the last... Um, Three lines of, the, of our Star-Spangled Banner, which goes, and this be our motto, and God is our trust. And the Star-Spangled Banner in triumph shall wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave. So, oh my gosh. Margaret, yeah. love you. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Very quickly, Tito in the Bronx, less than 30 seconds. Right to your question, please. 
Oh my God, that lady is the bomb. She's got the good on these people, Fauci and his ilk. But yo, I am pissed off. The New York Post today, a man at the Mall of America was told to take off his T-shirt because it said, Jesus is the only way. Talk about a violation of free speech. I'm so pissed off. I'm angry. You got to help me, man. We got a ball cut. Look, this is, no, you know what? I Thank you for bringing that up. Let, I want to talk about this further. Now, the Mall of America is a private place they can decide who comes in there with what but i don't blame people for being outraged by it anyway look time is running out and we do have to go originally his question was, was going to be why was george santos given a, com- a committee assignment because he's a member of congress that's why <laughs> uh anyway we gotta leave for the day we will be back tomorrow for our thursday edition make sure you're here most nervous rush hour cats at night up next And we'll be here, by the way, also on Saturday, starting at 7 a.m. Make sure you're here for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza each and every week here on WABC. Keep the app. Get the app. Keep the WABC app with you all day, all night. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. We'll be back tomorrow. Hope you're here, too. Jen, do you have a hot date tonight? I'm waiting. No, no hot date for Jen tonight. No, and yesterday I didn't either. Right. We're going to go with that story. See you tomorrow. Bye. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.